This podcast episode is brought to you by the Bass Parlor app. If you haven't already, make sure you go to the App Store or go to Google Play and download the Bass Parlor app today. What the Bass Parlor app does is allow you to handpick your music team. So if you need an artist, audio engineer, producer, you know, instrumentalist, songwriter, whatever you need to complete your music project, you can find and connect with them on the Bass Parlor app. So if you haven't already, make sure you go to Google Play or the App Store and download the Bass Parlor app. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bass Parlor Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Stevens. And today, our special guest is a lyricist and author, lyricist and author out of Atlanta, uh, Jay Nolan. What's up, Jay? Oh, man. Can't complain, man. I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing good, man. I'm glad you can join us here today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm glad to be on the pod. Yeah, man. Yeah. First of all, let's get into the book, man. Okay. Game yeah, portfolio. So let's get into the book. Yeah, tell portfolio. me about the book. Mm-hmm. I told okay, you I'm, so I'm basically Amazon. Yes, sir. So like uh the Ping Game portfolio is basically I like to call it a handbook for independent artists to like learn about the music business. Mm-hmm. So like I, I know in my journeys over the years, uh dealing with fellow independent artists, I've kind of taken note of like a lot of the things that people did not know or had not been exposed to, you know, and things that I didn't learn until later in my experience as an artist. So like when I started dealing with companies, you know, I kind of made the mistake of just signing paperwork, you know, not really knowing what the terminology entailed or what, you know, the royalty structure really was because I was just Mm -hmm. going off of the fact of, okay, I'm going to get my cut because I'm signing on here. But you really don't know what your cut is and you don't know what your cut is really worth because you haven't dealt with anyone in the past to tell you these types of things. So um, also uh, in terms of just like the different streams of royalties that are available for artists and songwriters, you know, a lot of these things we don't know about because it's not what's talked about every day on TV. A lot of us strive to be, known you know i mean so Mm -hmm. so much so that it's all about like being seen or being heard or being on platforms but uh we don't really understand that when we get on some of these platforms like there's money attached to it but we're not privy to it so somebody's getting paid but more than likely we're not the ones that are going to get paid because we don't know what to do um so that's pretty much inspired the book like uh two years prior to writing the pen game portfolio, I had started uh, this event series called the Songwriter Social Club. Mm-hmm. And it was basically like an in-person event where we talked about these things. But um, I figured if, if I put it in literature and just allow people to go get it when they're ready to, to receive the information, it'll be a lot more effective because when you need it, you'll go get it, you'll digest it, and you can put it to use rather right. than, um, you know, just a uh, like a quarterly event series where it's like you could take notes, but you may lose the notes or not come back to them or whatever. But if you pay for something and you deliberately seek it out, you're more likely to actually utilize it. So yeah. that was the, the gist of it. And it's also um, a story of how I made my first $10,000 from music, which was providing mostly from providing services to other musicians. Okay. So, um, all of those things are in the book. Yeah, man, that's that's really valuable, especially nowadays with so many different 
streams of revenue you can make in so many different avenues of uh you know making money and making revenue yeah. it's not this one main avenue anymore you got everything yeah. exposed accessible to you now so that's that exactly. book is really really valuable man and i heard you talk on, on one thing I think it might even be in the book i got to get the book like i said um might be in the book where you talked about you know having your songs placed in in tv series and video games and yeah. stuff like that is another source of revenue you know absolutely yeah. yeah, so um, I got exposed to uh, sync licensing in 2013. Mm -hmm. um, it's not something that I necessarily went looking for. Um, I was putting out music, but a gentleman by the name of Joseph Parker reached out to me uh, on Twitter, actually. And basically, he linked me with this producer that he was working with. And he was like, um, you have great talent, you're a dope lyricist. Um, but I think I have a way that you could like, turn that into some money. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. And uh he linked me with this producer by the name of Soul Plus Mind. We worked on maybe three or four tracks. And uh, within probably six months, you know, uh, they were contacting me, letting me know, like, yo, we just landed our first placement. We got this UFC thing that's going to be coming okay. on. And, you know, and actually got exposed to BMI royalties coming in on a quarterly basis. So when that first nice. started rolling in, you know, because at first I was like, hey, where's the payment? Y'all said we was going to get paid. And it was like, right. yeah, we're going to, you know, they're going to send us like a little, a little, uh, sync fee, but mm. you know, we're going to get paid royalties off of it. So you'll, you'll really see what that's like. So I'm like, okay, I guess. And, um, yeah, uh, I got, I, I think I got a solid two years of royalties off of nice. just that one placement, you know what I mean? Yeah, and man. Of course, others started, you know, two years where I could actually see a dollar amount because after a while it, it dwindles down but like right. two years strong like they were pretty substantial payments to where it just kept coming i was like dang i'm still getting hundreds of dollars here from this like yeah i'm so past this thing yeah that's um, time that passive income you know exactly so then mm -hmm. like uh with, with soul plus mine me and him worked together for probably from 2013 to 2017 2018 Mm -hmm. um so during that time period we got on probably like 15 to 20 different shows and then i uh started branching out and working with other companies all, all not on a non-exclusive basis so i was still maintaining my freedom my independence and i could do you know i could work with these people over here i could work with this company over here and just create right. different streams of income you know not necessarily from the same songs but creating work so uh up at this point now, I've got over 30 placements. Uh, last year, the biggest placement that I had was, uh, you know, Kevin Hart's Zero F's Given on Netflix. Oh, wow. It's comedy yeah. special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that ended up being like, they used it twice in the same film. You know what I mean? So it's like when he was coming onto the stage to do the comedy special, they played it. And then they also played it again during the credits. So that okay. was huge. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's really big, man. And who knows what it comes from stuff like that, you know, because that's more exposure, you know, for another organization, another artist if I need something. So, you know, you never yeah. know. Yeah, so from. we already, yeah, we already got some stuff rolling in this year. I'm, I'm on a uh, season three of uh, All American that came out maybe like, uh, I think the episode that I was on was episode three, I think, of the series. I think they, I think this, uh, it may be about to end, but I'm on the current season of the show. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Killing it, man. You're killing it. Yes, sir. And that's 
One thing I like about you, man, is uh, I could tell that mentorship and giving back is a big part of who you are, you know? Absolutely. Because I remember the, the first time we met, uh, you came to one of my showcase, one of the base part of showcases. Yes, sir. And, you know, like when we were pairing up and, you know, you were sitting there, you were with uh, another MC and one or two more MCs and a producer, and you were by far head and shoulders the best MC there. But you would you took the more of a mentorship role where you organized the group. You know, yeah. you kind of organized the song structure and everything like that. You were more, okay, let me, I, I, you knew that you were, you know, leagues beyond them. You know, they were a little young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the rapping young. part was going to be easy, but it was like, yeah. okay, how can we make this a song? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess, so that's what, that's what I really like. So the very first time that really hit me with the impact, we just came in and had that, that mentorship role, man. So that's what I yeah. really admire about you. And then with the book and everything else, I can tell they're giving back is a big thing. So that's, that's huge, y'all. Absolutely. That's, yeah, so yeah, because like everybody. my main thing is always giving back because like in my experience coming up, I've been doing music since I was a child and I never really had somebody that could guide me step by step. Like, hey, you do this, you do this, you don't do this. You know what I'm saying? Right. And when you come meet with these people, these are the things to watch out for or this is the type of language to look out for in your paperwork or any of those things. Like I didn't have that. So. I had to learn everything on a trial and error type of thing. So now that I'm in a position where I know better, I want to give back to those right. that are in the same position. Because like I, like I said to somebody recently, the things that I've learned within like 10 years, I would rather somebody learn by year two or three. You know what right. I mean? Mm -hmm. Because from there, it's only growth. Like you're right. going to surpass so many other uh, hardships that you might have experienced that I had to go through because I just didn't know any better. Yeah, use your trial and error to to, to educate them. You know. Yep. That's a good thing. So let, let's talk about how you got started. Did you was it just uh, started off as a fan and you got into you know uh, MCing from that, or did you have a family, um, older brother, or something like that? I was interested in older brother, man. So like for for me, uh, I've always been a music fanatic since coming out the womb i used to mm -hmm. dance in front of the tv and you know try to do mc hammer spin move and all <laughs> this type of stuff you know right and I, and I had an older brother who was already doing that type of stuff he broke his collarbone trying to do an mc hammer spin move but uh you know <laughs> but but my older brother actually got into mcn first because he's five years older than me okay and um i was like eight years old he was 13 at the time he had a whole uh notebook filled with rhymes and he just kind of like challenged me to do it it was like summertime we didn't have nothing better to do so mm. we just wrapping around the house and yeah that planted the seed that wasn't the time for me to like begin but that was like okay maybe i could do that you know mm -hmm. uh and then like maybe four years later i came back to it i was about 12 and i haven't stopped ever since right okay and then you all the way through high school, all the way through college, everything. Oh, yeah. Building up. Just, man, I broke my leg going into my freshman year of high school during the summer. So, like, that became, like, my obsession phase because I couldn't do anything else. I was sedentary for, like, three months. So right. I was writing every day. I went back to school. I had a full notebook. I let one of my homeboys read it. He was like, oh. He was like, man, let me hold on to this. And he was actually like rapping my words to other right. people in his class. And he was like, dude, he's like, I've been going through, I've been, I've been saying your rhymes in every class and people like, what, what CD is that on? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it let me know. Okay. So this, this stuff is like, 
it's on par with what people are listening to. Like, it's not just, I don't just think I'm good. Like, right. <laughs> so yeah. now I can run with it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You got that validation. You got that validation. Yep. So yeah, who, at that time, who were your influences? Cause just Ooh. like him, like your flow, your flow is serious. Your flow, yeah, your metaphors, so, everything is serious. Uh, man, I listened to everything from Nas and Jay-Z to T.I. to Outkast to um, my favorite MC of all time is Tupac, Nas, and Lupe Fiasco. Those are my, that's okay. my big three. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, but I, I literally soaked up like every, from probably any artist you could think of from like 89 to mm. 2005. Like I was really like immersing myself into like everything hip hop. I used to buy all the magazines. I used to even buy Scratch magazine, even though I wasn't a producer or a DJ. You know what I mean? It right. was just the culture of it just took me mm. by storm. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. Yep. I used to do the same thing. Every anything, even like electronic musician stuff like that about producing. I used to grab everything. Yep. So I was, I was the same way. So at the point, at what point did you decide, okay, I'm really going to pursue this as a career? And which, uh, I would say, that point? I would say graduating high school like was the time where it really became for real because okay. um, I didn't really have much of a plan. You know what I mean? So. Mm. I, I always had a penchant for writing, but I'm like, okay, do I want to be an author? Probably not, you know, at the time. Um, so it's like, where, how do I like translate these writing skills? Like, I don't want to be a language arts teacher. I know that. Yeah. So right. what lane is there for that outside of me doing this music that I love so much? And my counselors didn't really have much guidance for me in, in that um, aspect. So they're like, oh, maybe you could go to like full sale or, mm something like that, SAE, you know what I mean? But I'm like, right. okay, but who's going to pay for that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a different beast right there. So, right. Um, so graduating high school, me, my cousin, and a couple friends from around the way, we just like really started beating the pavement, like recording, mm. uh, taking music to like the radio station we used to wait outside of like uh at the time gangsta grills radio was the big thing on the weekends with uh, dj right. drama and don cannon so we used to wait outside the station pass them cds they would give us like dope feedback and be like all right you know if you got some more bring it you know i think even one time they played us on the on the station because we had made like a gangsta grills song and they played it and that was like oh snap like we just got played by the hottest djs in the game like on their radio show so like everything just like snowball like we gotta keep doing this right. um and of course that's not when we popped off but it just like introduced me to like constant work ethic it, it introduced me to like okay this can be a real thing this is something attainable we just have to get out there and get it so um started releasing music independently uh, I released a project in 2010 called Broken Dreams. And because um, at the time I was actually supposed to do like a production deal with Don Cannon. Mm -hmm. um, we, were, we were having meetings and doing all these things. And, um, you know, one of the guys that was facilitating the situation, he kind of went through a really rough patch. He kind of snapped off on me and mm -hmm. like the whole thing kind of folded. So I made this project called Broken Dreams because that's literally how I felt. 
Right. And um, I released it online. It was a free project, but uh, it ended up spreading out internationally and I got all this coverage for it. So that kind of like introduced me to what we know as the blog era of hip hop and um, just hit the ground running ever since then, man. I just stayed consistent <laughs> right. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And the grind's been strong, man. I was, I was listening to uh, some of your music before the interview and I like that video for Lana shit, man. Oh, that's, thank that's, you. That's, that's really tight. That <laughs> and then sure. that uh, that Duckworth freestyle. I like that a lot. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan. Then uh, that Duckworth, <laughs> you had a, you had a Gary Sheffield uh reference in yeah. there. I'm like, okay, uh-huh. you you were way back. I was a Gary <laughs> Sheffield fan from back in the early '90s, man. You know. Got you. Yeah, I, yeah. I like the one he played for the Braves. <laughs> yep, yep. He played for like yep. 18s, but yeah, he, he did. Was, Braves was one of the stops. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man. <laughs> so you, I mean, you come from that from 2010 to creating all these projects throughout the years to now. Yes, um, what are some lessons that you've learned? You know, either the recording process as an artist, as a writer. What are some of the lessons that you learned along the way? Uh, I, I've learned many lessons. Like um, number one, I think the biggest lesson that I learned that's impactful to me today is like you don't have to have an elaborate set setup to like make music. You know what I mean? Because when I was coming up, it was like this big deal of like, got to get in the studio. We got to find a way to get into patchwork. We got to get in the tree sound. We got to get into these places where the major artists are at. And it's like, right now I'm creating some of my best and most well-received music in my bedroom. Uh, I didn't even have, like I have a uh, eyeball now for my mic, but I didn't even have that. I didn't have any room dressing or anything and the mixes are coming out just as good. So I'm like, all right, some of this mythology really isn't true. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so that staying consistent is like the one of the biggest things because it can become discouraging when you feel like you're putting out great content and people just aren't being as receptive to it as you might have wanted. Um, but I think that one thing that that that, that has taught me is that. You may be talented, but you may not be ready for the marketplace, you know what I mean? Or the market ain't necessarily ready for you just yet. You know what I mean? Like all of those things play a factor because if I go back and listen to, excuse me, if I go back and listen to what I thought was my best work in 2014, I would say, man, I probably wouldn't even put that out today, you know? Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's all about the perspective and where you are at that time and just enjoying the process because even when you're not getting where you want to go, there's so much that you're going to learn along the way. You're going to learn how to release a record. You're going to learn, okay, if I want to get my music from point A to point B to point C, like I have to build some contacts. I have to have people that I can bounce ideas off of or just like, you know, all of these different things. Like everybody needs like a group a group or a team of some sort even if they're not a dedicated team that's with you from day to day right um being flexible like not not just thinking that a music career has to go one way like you only have to be on um you know well in my day it was like the BET MTV era that was like what we aspired to right but that ended like those channels still exist but music videos and stuff on those channels don't so but you know or you might want to be you think you should have 
two million followers on Instagram. And it's like, you really don't need all that. Like, if you get it, that's great. You know, that's a platform, but everybody has a platform and it's just about how you use it. So you got to be flexible and you got to be able to know like, okay, where I am today still has value, but I have to find that value and I have to um, milk that for what it's worth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So those are some of the biggest lessons, you know what I mean? Just kind of detaching myself from these societal ideas, because if you get too caught up in it, you'll never be happy. You'll never be satisfied with anything that you accomplish. You could do something, you could have, you know, like I just got um, played on Sway in the Morning with Landon shit this week. And, um, Congrats, man. That's you know, huge. That, yeah, it is. You know, thank you. And it's amazing. But it's like, if you, if you keep, this standard of like you have to be on every radio station in the country you can't even appreciate the moments of like when you receive something like a a sway to say oh i want to play this and it's dope and then all the callers call in and say oh we liked it you know what i mean you'll just Mm -hmm. look at it like yeah that's great but i'm looking at these other these other hundred stations that aren't playing me you know what i mean so yeah those are some of my main lessons that's huge, man. Because it's a, it's always the small wins that, that keep you going, that keep you energized, yeah. and keep you keep you pushing. You know, it's definitely yeah. small wins. And then, like like you said, I think it's it's a lot of value when wherever you are, starting where you are, just like you said, you know, because you know we we do get wrapped up and not just in music, in all forms of life and all different things. Yeah. Wrapped up in like where I want to be, where I want to be, and just start where you are. I, I interviewed one guy, one artist who uh he didn't have any kind of recording, so he just he went to his car. And just record out of his car because that was the most you yeah. know quietest place that he knew. But now he's gotten a lot bigger, you know. But you got to start wherever you are and keep grinding. So I think that's great advice, man. That's, it. that's great advice. Yeah. Right, lastly, yeah. Lastly, just let us know uh, what you got in store for twenty twenty one. Um, a lot. So right now, you know, we just released Land of Shit uh, two weeks ago. The video came out last week. So excuse me. We're pushing that. We got the Land of Shit Challenge going on where uh, other MCs could hop on the instrumental. And, you know, Friday will actually be actually be uh, announcing the winner. And, you know, Tight. the winner will actually get on the official remix to the song. Um, I'm probably going to be dropping a single per month for the next four months. So I got that coming. Uh, I've got a dance record called the KMG Shake that's on the way that I'm working on with a group of people. Uh, and that's that's gonna be something dope within its own right because okay. uh, just the theme that we have for it, 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 we're already getting reaction for it. We shared a snippet of it on Twitter, and it's it kind of went viral on its own uh, right. this morning. Um, so that's coming. Uh, more more sync placements, uh, you know. So just constantly working. I'm working every day. And uh, more information for artists because as I as I get out here and start making connections and doing bigger things, um, that gives me access to more information that I could give back to people to right. say, okay, I've seen I've seen this side, I've seen this side, I've seen this side. Now, here's what I have have uh, observed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now you can take it for what it's worth, but. I think I have a pretty good grasp on what I found, especially now at my age where I'm at, I'm in my thirties. I can kind of evaluate things a little bit differently than I did when I was younger and being hard headed, like, ah, I'll figure it out. Nah, right. you ain't just going to figure it out. Cause you can sign <laughs> something that can really jack you up. Yeah. And for you, years. You're going to be wishing. Yeah. 
that you did something differently. So, but yeah, that's pretty much what I got going on. We're working on uh pin game portfolio volume two, which is going to be a lot more in depth than the first edition. Cause the first okay. edition, like I said, was a handbook. So it's like a very good introduction. If, if you're somebody that has been doing music for a while, but you never really took the time to like learn <clears throat> about, you know, setting up your PRO, how to get royalties, what a split sheet is, um, and how important splits really are, um, and getting that stuff taken care of before you put a release out so that when it does come out, you can get everything on time instead of having to be retroactive. Um, you know, learning about what a mechanical license is, what a sync license is, what uh, performance royalties actually, you know, look like, what they can look like from a placement. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those types of things, those are in the pin game portfolio, but the second edition is going to be a lot more in depth. I can kind of talk more about my experience rather than just educating you on what that means. Right. Okay. That's it. I mean, it's going to be a big 2021, man. We're looking forward to it. Let us know whenever you are. Uh, yes, let us know here. Cause we definitely want to hear about it, man. We definitely want to hear. About I will. It. Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, once again, y'all, this is an incredible lyricist out the Atlanta area and author go pick up his book uh pin game portfolio on amazon and uh check him out y'all he's incredible all his music's on spotify youtube so definitely check him out jay nolan uh jay once again man appreciate you joining us here today uh thank you so much i appreciate it